This is the Copper Crab Podcast. Nice. I'm Cheney Crab. I am Naveen Copperweiss. Coming at you live. Shout out to our sponsors, Direct, Direct Sound Headphones, Moon Juice CBD by Jade Rabbit. If you guys have any questions to submit to the podcast, hit us up at coppercrabpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We are the number one podcast for underground music. Voted by my mom and Cheney's mom. <clears throat> it was, uh, there were no votes against us. Yeah. Just, what's that called when there's no, when you're the only one and you take the... <laughs> it's a sweep? I don't I think there's a name for it. Yeah, it's not... Oh. Like, there's nobody else running and... <laughs> This, you is an, win. Uh, this is something we do all the time, <laughs> and I just noticed it. We dance, we like spend multiple, we spend minutes trying to figure out a word that's for like something. something that's well, let's just look it up real quick. Let's see if we can figure it out. Hold on, I have a window now. There you go. Boom. Now you guys can see that I'm Googling. Okay. Um, Good winning googly when you're. The only contestant. Ah, yes. That's not a sweep. I thought you were talking about if you take all the votes. Press your luck. Oh, God, I don't know. Maybe default wins by default. I think that's the term I'm looking for. Not that cool. Total waste of the podcast. That was anticlimactic. Anyway, um, (laughs) we've been having a lot of guests lately. I don't think we've had just you and me for a while, right? Yeah, we haven't had just us since. I mean, I think it's been like three or four weeks. But yeah. I should probably know. Like, in all, in all honesty, <laughs> that those Malika and Blake episodes we did in the same day, so it feels to us like we've what spilling the beans. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I just uh, let you guys behind the curtain. <laughs> a little, yeah, so a little glimpse. That actually reminds me. I kind of wanted to address a little something that was. Uh, <laughs> what? what did you want? <laughs> so to? we did. You know, when we do the podcast, I gotta wet my whistle a little bit, right? I gotta have a couple beers otherwise i don't really feel like talking like that's um, a I mean, so you're an alcoholic i mean no it's a it's a part of the job is like <laughs> what i like to say right yeah. i mean hey if you're like an athlete you're gonna drink like gatorade or something like that to yeah. help you you're, if you're a pod the elect- electrolytes if you're on a podcast <laughs> i gotta drink a couple beers otherwise i'm kind of a little more reserved and that's not very fun so that being said i uh had i didn't eat very much that day this was like what was it two weeks ago are you about to talk about how you're drunk on the on the blake's podcast yeah i'm gonna spill it dude. Spilling okay, the beans. Yeah. so we had we did malika's episode and then we did blake's right after blake yeah. does i don't think blake knows this but i'm not sure he's gonna listen to this episode <laughs> probably not oh <laughs> although i did say um anyway let me let me get let me get, get to it it's not that cool but i didn't eat very much that day and then didn't drink what I would consider to be very much. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, some, we did something the, in the area of like 15 beers. No, right? I, dr- <laughs> dude, I literally had like three beers. A couple of them, though, were like these tall boys. Yeah. And they're craft beers, and I didn't eat that much. And then I drank a little bit, I think one little shot of this Basil Hayden's. Yeah. So that's. We, I don't know. We maybe. both were a little tipsy at the end of the Blake episode. So what I'm saying we, is, yeah, it, it's fine. During the Malika episode, I'm getting kind of loose. I'm loosening up, starting yeah. to talk and whatnot. That was fun. 
Then we get Blake on there, and I'm like, oh, it's my old buddy, you know, and I'm just kind of sitting here getting. And by the end of the episode, man, I'm turned. I turned around, and I'm totally slot like sloshed. <laughs> I mean, freaking wasted. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I I mean, that's just me being real. After the episode, I was like, I noticed like, whoa, wait a minute, something's not right. I'm like really drunk. This is weird. Yeah, and it sucked. Yeah, I got pretty so. drunk at the end of that episode too. But all is fair, you know. Whatever and we're, we're hanging out with our friends, and but you know, at the end of the day, it's like we that was that was such a fun it's day. It hey. was a fun day. I I had so I much don't. fun. Whoops, wrong sample. Hanging out with <laughs> with both of them and having guests, and honestly, like toward when we quit the podcast the first time. Well, well, we we, we haven't quit it again, but when we when we took a hiatus earlier this earlier last yeah. year, that was a stupid thing. I uh, something that at the end of it, I I left it, um, thinking that I didn't enjoy have talking to people over Zoom. Oh, and this time around, like I've been pro- I've been proven wrong, and I think yeah. it's because we were cramming. Like there was a point where we started doing two episodes a week, and we were cramming the most amount yeah. of talking on zoom and, and and it just wasn't always as comfortable of an experience i think so um but this time around like having guests and chatting yeah. with people who are friends of ours has been a really really fun experience and it's also been fun because we've designated like one day a week yeah. that we do podcasts i think that's been crucial so, just kind of changing it to like okay we do it on this day period that's it not yeah. like oh fuck it's tuesday we gotta do a podcast right because we weren't really on a <laughs> schedule before yeah so that's helpful. but now i think that that's something that we're both learning like as time moves on with our band and with our uh podcast and every new venture that we do that's like professional if you will it's yeah. we're learning to put ourselves on schedules and i so remember i remember mm. travis lavrier telling us back in the day that mark michelle who he was in scale the summit with mark started this base oh shit hold on i just spilled go, go ahead keep going I oh, but anyway mark st- mark st- started this like base site i think he was giving lessons and Something like that. But the one thing that he said is that Mark was always on a schedule and it like it helped him succeed. So that's been something that it took me. Yeah. Multiple years to figure out. I mean, aside aside from aside from like the having woken up at 530 every day last year when we were like gymming out hard and being on that kind of schedule, like just getting yourself on a professional schedule, because I personally am a professional procrastinator. So if I'm not on a schedule, I will put everything out until the last or I will wait until the last minute to do anything. So a schedule has been just totally crucial in in like doing things in a timely manner, getting them done. And, and, you know, just the more work that you get, the more you kind of have to put yourself on some kind of regimen because it's just easier to do everything. And there's never this anxiety that I used to feel at the end of working on something or when I when something was close to needing to be turned in yeah you're just like cool I'm done yeah instead it's like an an, and being on like an incremental schedule where you do a little here a little there and you're like but I'm I'm designating it so that I do this much per week or this much per day well it's weird that you you'll like think to do that for other aspects of your life right so you're like 
you know, maybe let's say you want to get in shape, right? So we were like, all right, let's do my fitness pal and we're tracking everything and keeping tallies, but that's being on a routine. Yeah. Right. And it works. And you're like, totally works. I'm going to do this routine. I know it's going to work. It's going to get me over there. Right. And then it's just weird to me how I sort of, I don't connect the dots with that in other aspects of my life. Right. Yeah. So like, for instance, if I wanted to like, you know, be, get some more Instagram followers or whatever, it's like a thing you could do is, okay, well, I'm going to post X amount of videos per week. I'm going to make sure they're really good. The best thing that I can possibly do. Right. And that's, that's the best way to get those things that you want. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah, I've been fucking running around like a madman lately. This last yeah. couple of weeks. In a good way. Not sure what happened. I got like a little fire lit up, lit up under my ass. Yeah. Well, we start recording this week and that, uh, the new Entheos al- album. And I think that that helped like. Totally. Kick both of us into gear. Yeah. I mean, we. Well, I think that was good about like. Sorry, I know that we uh, try to cut you off, but we we do a lot of recording at home. Mm-hmm. But for drums, we actually booked time at a legit studio. Well, that's what we always do for yeah. every album that we've done. The three, the two now three albums and the EP, we tracked drums with Zach Oren, Castle Ultimate. We had him on the podcast, like I don't know, episode something ten ago or something. But uh, people always know that. Like on, I don't know, if, like on other people's podcasts, I'll notice they'll be like, "Yeah, I had him on the the podcast. It was like episode two forty three." And you're like, "I don't know how you that. wrote. Did you write that down I know. beforehand?" <laughs> yeah. Um, or I'll look up what when he was on there. Just <laughs> what? Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, keep talking. But I, uh, yeah. So like every album, we've gone to Zach Owen to record, and. Uh, so this album, we're, that's what we're doing this album as well. And then we track ourselves doing everything else. Yeah, but one of the reasons, so I mean, we probably could get away with doing everything at home, right? Yeah. But I think, for one, it's good to have other people work on it. And for two, it's obviously a really sick studio. But, the, but another great thing about it is we have the time booked and we yeah. can't fucking put it off. Yeah, it's designated right? work time. Whereas we would probably, we probably would put it off. We definitely would. <laughs> We're both procrastinators. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, maybe next week we'll get around to it. But I mean, we we watched ourselves do it with a song that we decided to not put out. Yeah, because well, the song ended up being like a good uh, learning process for a lot of other things that we were yeah. looking for. But um, Well, we did work on that song quite a bit. We just didn't decide not to release it. Just it just didn't feel right at the end of the day. <clears> and <throat> and yeah. honestly, like, we have a lot of songs that are kind of in the bank. I don't know if we'll ever use them or if... You could consider them B-sides, I guess. Maybe someday we'll put out a B-side album. But there's just a lot of stuff that, you know, you finish working on it for the sake of finishing a song, or at least instrumentally. Yeah. And then something (laughs) doesn't feel right about it at the end of the day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's just how we felt about the song. But it it ended up uh, helping us make a lot of other decisions. Yeah, like we had a mystery bass player on there and we decided like, okay, he did a really great job. So that yeah. was a good thing in there. And, and we also know now that we can't, cause we did track the drums for the, this unreleased song at the house. So we kind of knew, oh, okay, we can get away with doing that. Yeah. Well, I guess we did that for, uh, remember your dust. Yeah. The song sounded a lot better than remember your dust. Like True sonically. That. Well, that's cause Zach mixed it. Not me. Yeah. 
Um, so, but anyway, so we have this time booked at Zach's. Yeah. And uh, we're going in there tomorrow. We're going to hit it up. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, me too. But this week's been crazy because on Tuesday, I think Tuesday evening, I was listening to the second half of the album. And I was kind of like, this isn't cutting it. Yeah. Not cutting it. Literally the second half. Yeah, I so. mean, there are some parts that <clears throat> that work that did cut it, but there were a lot of parts that just felt like they needed a rewritten. Like, they, like, I don't know. There is, because you're the type of writer um, that you write a lot of different type of things, and I think that at the end of the day, it's like we have, we hear our music, or at least we've been doing this for the album, this album, which is unique in the way that you are now like writing all of the guitars and the drums for it. So we've been going over this album and just like assessing, okay, what is our band? Yeah. What stuff exactly. actually fits in? Yeah. And honestly, you know, we've, uh, we haven't really done a lot of that in the past. It's kind of like, oh, okay, this is what's coming out. We'll just do that. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. You know, and that's usually there what hasn't, we've been doing. There hasn't been like a combing over of songs. Yeah. And I think that this time we did that like. A lot. To, to a really yeah. good degree. A degree that I've always personally wanted to like work a, on things a, a too. Fine, like a, like one of those cat combs. You know, they're, they're yeah. real fine. Yeah. Like to get the fleas. Yeah. So we got in there. Anyway, right. I'm like uh, <clears throat> listening to that second half. And I'm just like, you know, it's not. There, what What's going on here? It's not bad enough. Yeah. So I s literally locked myself in the studio for the studio is a bedroom in our house. And a lot of studios are I'm, that. We're talking, I don't know, 10, 12 hours a day just in there. And I've freaking like rewrote the whole second half in yeah. the last three days. But now it's super badass. I like it more in the first half. I think I do too. Uh, there was a part, oh, I had you rewrite a part on the first half that I, that was the only part of the entire record that didn't sit 100% perfectly with me. Yeah. Like this isn't, this is really the first time, at least right now we're in, the demo process. It's the night before we start recording drums. And between the demoing process and a final album, things change a lot. But this is the first time that for our band, I've gone into a record, into recording, 100% um, happy with the demos. Yeah. 100% like <clears throat> every single part of this demo fucking rules and I wouldn't change anything about it. So I'm really excited to see because I'm sure like once we get in the studio this week, especially with drums, that there might be some parts that we like decide to flip a tiny bit. Yeah, or, or extend. Or, or extend yeah. or, you know, to me, going from program drums, which is how we do our demos, to real drums is a huge transition. So I'm just excited to see how things kind of, I'm sure will change a little over the next week or, you know, over the entire recording process. But I'm excited to see how the songs flesh out because I already love them. Yeah. So I can only imagine that they're going to be really I'm sick. pumped on it. Yeah. it's the f It's got the, some of the fastest stuff that we've ever done. I'll say that. And, That's uh, true. And another like little B-side. Wow. Uh, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we wrote uh, we've talked about on the show how we, we're going to start like an industrial kind of side project. Yeah. And that's actually the theme song. Yeah. <clears throat> well, a song 
I wrote for that project. Yeah. Made it on the album Entheos, dude. Okay. So get ready for like a industrial grunge track, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're super excited. Can't wait to go up there tomorrow with Zach and. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be super fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh yeah, another thing I was gonna say though, I was because I was talking about beer and getting drunk. Back to that, I had this beer. I think it was like a month ago or something, and I've been just thinking about it ever since. Haven't had it since then. It's called Time Machine. It's peanut butter and jelly. Uh, porter. And Can I taste it? Yeah, you actually? should taste it. Because I don't even typically like beers like this. I don't either at all. But I've been talking about it. We all know I love my hazies. Those haze. Let's see if you like it. What do you think of it? Wow, it tastes like cherry coffee. Yeah. Um, What do you think? It's honestly, it's not even the the stout that I don't like. It's a little too uh, sour for me. It's just the it's, weirdest. It's not bad. It, t- it yeah. literally tastes like a cherry coffee stout it's the weirdest beer that i've ever had and then i asked the girl today because i went to buy we went to buy some from this place uh new bohemia yeah new in new bow aka it's in pleasure point if any of you yeah. live in santa cruz new bow here in so santa good. cruz and uh she was saying well I, I don't know that might be it you know it might be the last case so i bought four of them i know you probably should have just bought that last one I said, I was like, maybe I should fuck around and buy the whole case. I don't know why, but <laughs> some of my, one of my like things that I really like, I guess it's Cheney's Finer Things Club, is seeing <laughs> a bunch of uh, like craft beers in my fridge. I love that. Opening the fridge and it's just like packed yeah. with craft beers. There's like so. these certain <laughs> things that are like, like to me, that's rich. You know, mm-hmm. like rich people stuff. Yeah, that's one. That's of one of them. That's one of them. The actual rich people stuff, though, is if you have a fridge in the garage that's just ca- fucking full, full of beverages of beer. I don't think that's as popular in California to have full, like full uh, of beer from each brewery. Uh, it's like a a tour day Santa Cruz. Does anybody do that? Someday I'm gonna I'm going to do that, <laughs> and I'm gonna have my personal butler Naveen. Go out and get a beer from everywhere. Get, get a be, little beer um, from every brewery. That's it's going like to be a day. real small fridge because it's going to be in the van. Dude. Okay. <laughs> Retirement so. status. No. Dude, that's what's <laughs> when up. When I'm 80. <laughs> when I'm 80, my my bones will be all brittle. I'm not going to be able to live in a van then. What, what's that kind of? It's going to be comfortable. <sighs> it's going to be real comfortable. Yeah, but it's the getting up the steps and down the steps. All right. That's the I hard part. Figure it out. You'll you're be gonna have to get like me. A, you're gonna have to get me a handicap accessible. No, I think you're gonna be nimble. When I'm 80, I think so. Why not? Yeah, I'm gonna like just keep working out into my 80s. Keep working. Keep the mind. You know. Um, or start I have a working plan. out. Maybe I have a plan. <laughs> well, t- this year has been 2020. So 2020 is over yeah, now. Yeah. Right. In 2020, I did not work out as much as I did in 2019. No. No. Did you? <clears throat> Hell no. Yeah, I know. Actually, a memory. See, in 2019, we were savages. We I were guess, just but total it's like, savages. So here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing about that. I've sort of just directed, like over the last few weeks, I've probably already said this on the episode, on the podcast. I'll say it again, whatever. I don't know what got into me a couple weeks ago. A few, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago or something. 
I, I've been on fire, man. Yeah. yeah. I've been like in such a great mindset. Like I just don't even think about any of the stuff. Is that the I camera d- on you only? Yeah, it's on me. I know. I can tell because when you go into your like rants, I always know that you've put the camera on you. Like, you're here like, we go. We're going into it. Dude, we're, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to put it on you. No, then. don't. Oh, <laughs> busted. It on me. Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> she was doing her makeup, everybody. Um, what was I saying? I was going to say something motivational. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I had this epiphany, dude. It was like, don't think about, don't even think about stuff that you don't like or you don't feel like doing, you know, like with regard to work, right? Because I, I have a side job, if you will. And it sometimes it <laughs> bums me out, you know, because I'm like, fuck, dude, I don't want to do this. I want to just do music all the time. Yeah. But I started thinking about like, even when I'm there, I'll just, I'll just think about music the whole day. Right. So I'm just, I'm there, but I'm not even there. That's what I do when I'm at work. Yeah. Well, I actually usually think about uh, art. Yeah. Or, and or music, like but I'm, even, I, I, I'm lucky in the way that I can work on art when I'm at work. There you go. I can't do anything. And right. I'm, like my job, I install shades and blinds and shit like that. So I'm, I'm on, I'm on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so when I'm there though, I'm not even, th- I'm not even thinking about it. I'm not even there. I'm just thinking about music. I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next. I'm thinking about like, you know, projects move. I'm working Your next on. Move. Yeah, totally. And then, uh, I don't know. It's cause I think usually around this time of year, like des- December, January, I get kind of bummed. It's like the yeah, time of year where I Yeah, it's called sad. Yeah, I think I have sad. Seasonal affective disorder, dude. It's, have... a, it's an actual real thing. Even though we live in California, it does, like guys, we live in Northern California. It gets cold and rainy up here and it's not yeah. sunny all the time. No. And obviously it's like the sun is setting earlier. People do get, or wasn't it? What is it? What did I call it? Seasonal affective depression. De- seasonal affective disorder i think is what it is okay that's what i think it is too but i uh, anyway it's like that is real so i do think th- not to go off on a tangent no, away from you but i think that in the winter be taking care of yourself mentally m- as much as you can because you're already like not getting as much sunshine maybe take some vitamin d yeah i uh, Keep yourself in good spirits because people get down this time of year. That's true. That's, and that's last year, suicide rates were up an incredible amount. So I hope everyone's like staying safe out there, staying happy, keeping yourself healthy. All right. And if you're not, check in. <laughs> check in. All right. How do you stay happy? Though? That's the question. Well, it depends on how you view happiness, I suppose. Totally. There's a lot of different ways to slice that one up. But... Yeah. Uh, I like with regard to staying motivated on for me it's making music, music the, the music career quote yeah. unquote I was just thinking you know what I'm gonna do is like I'm not even gonna screw around with anything that's not music related right I'm talking like nothing like just that's it I'm just gonna do that until I go to sleep yeah you know I've been and I've been doing that for like three weeks yeah I'm telling you what dude it's a big deal man Totally. Like I wrote 18 minutes of an album. Yeah. On, uh, let's see, Wednesday. Okay. Monday, I had a big job up in Sonoma, which is like three hours away from here. Mm -hmm. So me and my friend, Nick, he was on the podcast, actually. I don't know which episode. Yeah. uh, 
Way back in the day. Dude, we went up there in the van, Coco Bolo. Nick Gautier. Nick Gautier. We went up in the van, Coco Bolo. We did this whole house full of shades. Slept in the van, right? That's Both of you rock. together? Both of us together, dude. Really? You yeah. both slept in the van? We slept in the van, dude. Holy it was sick. shit. That's awesome. But we each had a bed. I mean, there's beds in there. No, multiple. I know. That's awesome. So, yeah, because he was like, you know, he's metal and punk and everything. He's like, I'm down the scope Yeah, that's there. the thing is that if you ha- have been on tour, I'm sure there are people like this who haven't been on tour, but, you know, for if you've been on tour, you like are down to sleep with some homies. You don't yeah. care. So he was down. It's like, we, let's all crash. It was fun. This, we don't care. We went to Whole Foods after work and then just like got some food and just chilled up there. Yeah. But everything, awesome. you know, is totally shut down because of Corona. Right. So... We do we do that. We go up there Monday. We work all day, sleep in the van. We get up, finish up the job. We got done early, so I thought it was gonna take us three days, but it only took us two. I'm driving home. I'm listening to the second half of the of the album. I'm like, this isn't cutting it, dude. I'm gonna fucking like re redo this. It's just it was just a lot more like slow and kind of I don't know. It just wasn't. I, I wanted to set it off like uh, this mood that I'm in is like I'm so I'm just aggro right yeah and the music that I was listening to the first half's real aggro because I was in a similar vibe when I wrote it mm-hmm. second half I don't know a little too chill a little too like I don't know it was legit, it was, wasn't even that it was a little too chill it was just a little too wandering a little too wandering yeah it's kind of like not in a good way it was pretty cool to be honest I mean it would have been cool but there were parts though that it was like this just isn't really the vibe of the the album that we want to write. No, no. So I'm it trying is to stuff go. stuff that we, I mean, I could see us using like parts of it in the future. We did For use, sure. we did use like, there is a decent amount that's yeah. still in it. There is, but I will say like, I think it was about 13 minutes the old way. Yeah. And then now it's 18 minutes and I used maybe only a few parts and I sped them up and stuff. Yeah. And then flew in that industrial song. So that was, that added like a. You also just changed chords and. Fine tooth comb. So so yeah, I get back Wednesday. No, I get back Tuesday. Wednesday, I'm in the studio all day, literally 12 hours. I was in there from 10 to 10. I remember it. And then uh, Thursday, worked on it super hard. Friday, worked on it super hard. Saturday, I was pretty much done that day. Yeah, but you worked on it quite a bit. Worked on it quite a bit. And then kind of was just in the studio listening to everything a bunch of times like oh this is awesome today i changed a couple of things today sunday but it's gonna be wednesday for y'alls right but anyway today sunday i'm in there working on stuff um going over it i started jamming drums to it because i haven't really even had a chance to like practice drums to it i'm supposed to be the drummer you know yeah <laughs> true <laughs> but when i was playing drums to it today i was like okay i think we got something good here and i was feeling real solid about it and then, uh, but you know, I'm a musician, so we'll see what happens. It might be tomorrow. I might be like in utter despair. Yeah. You kind of were earlier today, but <laughs> I mean, I think it's amazing. I like the, the whole record is awesome. I wasn't, I wasn't in despair today. I was in, uh, a couple of days ago. I was like, no, earlier today you were for a t- like five minutes, Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I really like it a lot. Uh, the stuff that I've been demoing is, I think is awesome. It's I'm excited. I'm super it's an excited time. It's an exciting time. And, you know, we're doing things a little differently on this record. There are a few, like, huge variables like that. Naveen is the only one playing guitar, but we're also, you know, having a th- new people work on certain aspects of the record. 
and yeah, it's just cool. Yeah, there's going to be some sick people involved in it, and uh, it's going to be a good time. I think I'm so. I'm super excited to get started tomorrow and make some videos up in the studio and take some yeah. sweet pictures and all that good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the end of, tw- that was, the, that was yeah, my end of 2020 was just ha- hammering through music. I mean, one of the days was New Year's Eve. I didn't even realize it was New Year's Eve. Me either. So it was like, oh, it's New Year's Eve today, huh? It's like, oh, okay. We didn't do anything. Cool. But I don't know if anybody did anything because it was. I mean, I'm sure that some people did things. Well, California, though, is way more shut down than everywhere else. That's true. Well, sure. not everywhere else, but then a lot of places. But, you know, I think that probably more people stayed home than usual. Yeah, definitely. On New Year's Eve. But, yeah, I don't know. It so was cool. In other parts of the country, it's a little less shut down. Yeah, I mean, well, we have, like, uh, other people can go to gyms. Damn. The gym isn't, and other people have, like, outdoor dining. True. So the things that we had a few weeks ago, but now California is completely shut down again. Yikes. Who knows when we're going to reopen, but, uh, you know, until then, we'll just be head down doing our thing at our houses, um, at our house. We'll keep you guys posted on that coronavirus uh coronavirus Update. watch yeah, well, california <coughs> coronavirus we're not we're not watch. gonna do that we're like the worst news people that's not our thing yeah we don't watch uh the news or television really no except at night meth documentaries only yeah i've been really into meth documentaries lately i don't know why i like slice of life documentaries so yeah yeah well you've liked those forever yeah i just like love documentary like social studies and right now it's all about meth <laughs> yeah that's house. the phase i'm going through <laughs> <laughs> meth and a little bit of heroin <laughs> oh <my laughs> documentary wise not doing them yeah if anything the documentaries i think that i made the decision though that i'm gonna like show my kids meth documentaries i'm i'm just gonna be really honest with my children about drugs yeah if they ask me anything about drugs, about drugs that I've like things that I've done, I'm just going to like come clean to them. I think that that might be like a good way to handle it. That's pretty much what my parents did. You know, just give me the, the here's, rundown. Here's what we know. Here's what we've experienced. Yeah. But I think I was always real terrified of like heroin and like serious and meth and speed life ruining. I don't think I knew what meth was until I was a little older, to be honest. TBH. Really? Yeah. I feel like it might have been really prevalent teaching schools about it because in the Midwest, in the middle of the country, the meth thing has been really bad for a long time. Like I've taken you to that grocery store that's by my parents' (laughs) old house. And if you, I'm not going to say what store it is, but if you're in there past 11 p.m., it's a 24-hour store. And if you're there past 11 p.m., it's the walking dead. Yeah. Not good. And I just think that, <laughs> yeah. So I knew about meth from, from an early age and just nothing about it ever seemed appealing to me. The whole battery acid thing, I think. And the like rat killer, rat poison aspect of it. Yeah. No. Well, I think for me with the heroin thing, it was like, I was always into music so much, you know, and that's kind of like you hear about all these musicians that die from doing that and how horrible it is. So yeah, right. Kind of just, that seems to be like the thing that and I think I, I saw Pulp Fiction at a really young age. I think they do heroin in that movie. Yeah, she does. I mean, I've known <clears throat> people who have OD'd. 
from heroin. It's never seemed fun to me. Horrible. Yeah. It's absolutely horrible. I guess that to me, it's like, I don't know. I'm just not like, like someone who's addicted to drugs. That's not something that's hit me. I know it's a disease. It's not something that I inherited in my life. And yeah. And to me, it's heroin, meth, you're addicted. I always just was under that impression that if you do those two drugs, it's yeah. kind of over. So it was never a, a big uh, turn on for me. Not even once. Yeah, no. Not even once. <laughs> not even once. No. Definitely not. But, but I will drink a beer. Yeah. It's no one's business. But anyway, I've, I like those documentaries. And I'm going to be honest with my kids about drugs. All right. But I think that honestly, just seeing a meth documentary and or just seeing like a before and after yeah. is enough to never want to do meth. Yeah. For me. I agree. Maybe someone out there is listening and they've done meth. You know, it yeah. happens. Maybe also, you're at that's, a party. That's not really try. appealing to me, like staying up for a bunch of days and all that stuff. Hallucinating. <laughs> like, no, no uh, just being super paranoid. Like, I'll watch these documentaries. I'm already super paranoid. Yeah, I know. I've been <laughs> paranoid enough smoking weed. Okay. True. True. That. I think that I have super high anxiety. Like I remember when I was a kid. Okay. I think it was like 16. I was just, I've just always been known for being kind of paranoid by my friends. Like they would make fun of me for it. Wait and a when minute, I was like is it 16. Paranoid or are you like a fraidy cat? It's I'm not a fraidy cat. I think that I'm just like paranoid of being in trouble. Or I was when I was a kid because there was this one night I was supposed to be staying at one person's house. I was staying somewhere else and we were drinking. And like I was just terrified that my my mom was going to find out and come and. Damn. I don't know. My mom just scared the shit Cheney's out of me when I was a kid. legitimately scared of her mom <laughs> to this day. It's not that I'm scared of her. It's that <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to let her down. I like. Yeah. I really love my mom. And, you That's know, yeah. you know, so I just. It's always been something that I uh, just didn't want to. Yeah, I'm do. the same way, dude. It's like, don't wake up my mom, dude. That's dude, the rule. Do don't not wake, wake her up, up, my mom. Dude. She goes to bed early and don't wake her up. <laughs> dude. That's the rule. Waking if up I, your even mom. To this, if to this day, if I'm in there and we're, if we're over there or something, you know, yeah. later, I'm like, hey, be quiet when you're in the kitchen. Dude, dude, don't be waking totally. up my mom. I think that's the only thing. That's like your mom's kryptonite. If something or someone wakes her up, then it's yeah. like it's game on between her and the yeah. thing. No, I had like very few rules growing up. Yeah. The main rule is don't wake up mom when she's asleep. Well, you know, that's something that your mother and I have in common. Because if you wake me up in the morning, I don't know if there's a time when I'm like more mad or more mean. Uh, I noticed. Do not wake me up in the morning. It makes me so the thing is, nah. I still wake you up every day. Yeah, I know. And you do it on purpose. So every day I'm like, Naveen, why would you wake me up? I ask I ask you every day for the last 10 years not to wake me up in the morning. And you just think it's funny. <laughs> okay, now I just cracked the fucking code on it. You think it's funny I when I get mad. Maybe it's you like, know that I'm like harmless. You think it's funny when I get mad. You I always think, have. You know what? Maybe it's like, you know, you're into psychology, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm thinking maybe there's something there. Like you don't take. No, I was always worried about waking up my mom. Yeah. So now with you, but you I also don't have, have to told worry. Me, so I'm like, hey, I'll just wake her you up. You also have told me that with your mom, you when you couldn't wake her up, you used to think it was funny to like go in and jump on her bed and wake her up. Well, th- that's like in the morning. 
Yeah, and when you wake me up is in the morning as well. No, see, my fear is waking up my mom in the middle of the night. That's the <laughs> yeah, fear. That's like, your greatest fear. Yeah, waking her up in the morning <laughs> is kind of whatever. It's like, you're, it's morning. And, and she gets up way before me, you know. Yeah. So I would run in there and jump all over her bed and stuff, but she was already awake, I think. So you never really had to sneak back in your house, though, because you were, like, pretty certain that your mom wasn't going to wake up because she, if you're quiet enough. Okay, dude, we had, <laughs> so we lived actually not too far from here, like two miles up the street, and Sean and I lived, it was a two-story house. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was really two, it was two stories, but the second story was just like a like a loft, and dude, it was sick. So Sean and I had this like loft, with, and it had an angled ceiling. I guess it was like an attic that they just turned into like a room. Yeah. Before we moved in. For sure. And uh, it had a staircase that went down, and then if you went left, it went into the living room, and then to the right, it had our own door. <laughs> dude, we had our own fucking door. That's every kid's yeah, dream. Yeah, so it was on. The thing it is, though, whatever, about dude. you and Sean, <laughs> that's something that your mom and I always laugh about, is that you guys are like, I think that as far as kids go, you and Sean would have been... The, yeah. Some of the most well-behaved children no, we were of the, all dude, time. We were honestly, Somehow your mom got lucky and like yeah. you two, even though she didn't like really discipline you, like I'm sure she disciplined you in her own way, but she wasn't yeah. like, she wasn't like a very strict mom. No. And the thing is we were like into hardcore and like v vegan and like straight edge yeah, music you were and like, stuff. You so. were like, I remember your mom telling me that there was a point where you guys were like too pure for your parents like you were overly pure they were you were vegan yeah, yeah. and they were just vegetarian <laughs> so they were like what the fuck are the what are these kids doing yeah yeah well i guess that's sort of like a reverse rebellion right like we didn't do drugs or drink or anything or uh we were vegan we yeah. were like just wanted to go to show well the first time know. you drank you, the first time you drank though how old were you um, I mean, I, I did drink like a couple times when I was like really young, maybe like 12. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. <clears throat> I had a couple sips of something here. I remember on like 1999 New Year's, mm -hmm. I drank like a couple sips of tequila or something. And maybe I got like a little buzz. Oh, or, tipsy. Yeah. But I didn't like it, you know, it's, I wasn't, I didn't really start like, Hey, let me see what's up with the drinking until i was like 17 or 18 i mean i didn't i, I think it's like i had age. a I, yeah it's the same <laughs> for me though i mean i had a couple of drinks when i was maybe 16 or 17 and smoked weed like a couple of times yeah but i was never like a, a really bad kid no dude i, did, I, I was didn't never like out party i didn't i didn't go to parties until i was 18 like i actually when I was Hello, parties here. <laughs> exactly. And then it was that. <laughs> but but before that, I was always I've always been very introverted. Like I liked to stay home on the weekends and write and watch movies. Like I just I like to hang out and I like to be social, but I'm not like out at a million different parties and I have my friend yeah, group yeah. and I do things with them, but it's not it's never been an every night thing for me. Totally. Uh, well, especially I mean, when I was a kid, we we got into some good times together. Yeah, in LA, in LA, we were probably drunk for them. Yeah. Well, we've been together for ten years. Those of you who don't we have know. cheers. 
I don't know how we did it. So I was a young. It is like Cheney was like, actually only twenty one when I met her. Yeah, okay. it's pretty much right now, right around this time that it's been ten years. We actually haven't start haven't stopped talking to each other. We haven't gone a day without texting each other on the phone, unless maybe you were in Europe. I don't think we talked every day, but we still talked every day then uh, since November of twenty ten. So it's been a really long time. That's right, dude. Wow. So wait, that's 2010 November. That's longer than 10 years. Yeah, but we didn't we didn't officially start dating until probably February. That's true. That's true. No, yeah, February of 2011. February you came out on the Thursday the Thursday tour when yeah. Animals as Leaders was on tour with Thursday and Under Oath. You guys were sharing a bus with Thursday. Thursday. Remember that fucking band? Yeah, yeah, I do because I hear about them periodically. Like they're playing alternative rock fests. Yeah, I mean, they're I sick, dude. Thursday is sick. I didn't really know about them until that that tour, and I was like, into, "Oh, really? You didn't like them back in the day no, before that?" Okay. No, I wasn't into Thursday. I was into a lot of bands similar yeah, to Thursday. That's like I love, to me. I love Thrice, Brand New, Dredge, all D- of that shit. Yeah. I love Circus Survive. Dude, I remember seeing Thursday, like, the way I found out about them the was... The Used. I loved The Used. There you go. I found out about them, like, just a music video on, like, MTV 2 or something, like, way late at night, you know? Wow. And I was like, dang, this band's kind of sick. Mm-hmm. Like, some indie rock band or whatever. Yeah, totally. So, it was super weird to go on tour with them, you know? It's worlds colliding, I guess you could say. But yeah. you came out when we were first dating... I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you came out on the tour to hang out a little that bit. I actually f- have some pictures that from that tour. That was the first time I ever flew on a plane was to meet you in Seattle. There you go, dude. There you go. Se- she just said Seattle. it. Seattle. Yeah. That's like. That was the first time I ever flew on a plane. Small town girl, dude. And you bought my ticket <laughs> because you're in, you're so in love with me. That's right. dude. I was like, come on out, dude. Come yeah. hang out. <laughs> you yeah. did. Very, from very unlike you. I know very that that sounds me. like a real like tour guy thing to do, but and to be honest with you, when we started dating, I was like, I wonder if he's done this before. Yeah, but no, not but case. now that no. I know you and I know like everything about you, your entire family, um, that's very unlike you. Nothing you no. ever had done. It, no. it just no. wasn't. That's not your thing. It's meant to be. Yeah. So. This, turn, this is turning into like a really sappy episode. <laughs> no, I mean, we're going to get off this topic. But yeah, we've been together for 10 years now. And Why did I say that? The band. I said that for some reason. I can't remember. But the band has now, we're like right now on our six year anniversary. Well, I think what's more crazy is that we were only together for four years when we started the band. I know. How weird That's is bizarre. that? That's so bizarre. It's yeah, really weird. I feel like we had been together for like 20 years and then we started the band <laughs> yeah. and now we've been in the band for 20 years like literally four years that's it yeah and then we started the band that's just crazy. that was kind of ballsy of us Pretty however ballsy. however you know there were instances where we had been on full tours together but before that that's true uh i did merch for animals on the first animals headlining tour i booked lessons for tosin and hav on your last animals tour that was with yeah. And for B- those of BT you who are, who are maybe a new listener, maybe don't know the backstory, real quickly, I was in Animals as Leaders, and yeah. Chaney's... What did you play in the band? Played drums, 
I was actually the first bass player. Yeah. But and after they, they you, me out. They you were, to not you were so bad. Yeah. No, you were so good that they decided no one can ever they top Naveen on no, bass. Can't do it. So we're just going to like <laughs> not have a bass player from now on because yeah. we'll just be disappointed. Right. That's it. But and that's the story of the bass players. When we played in um, Des Moines, Iowa on our yes. second tour, I was in. That was actually in February. February of, of twenty uh, nine. Yeah, that's, that's when, when we first met. That's when Cheney and I no, first met. No, it was twenty ten. It was at the beginning in twenty ten. Okay. Yeah, it was February of twenty ten. Yeah, yeah. It was you were on tour with sure? uh, Vale of Maya was headlining Periphery. Animals. Who was opening Periphery or Animals? Uh, anyway. Periphery was opening. Wow. Tour. Yeah, Periphery, Animals isn't as that, Leaders, Circle of Contempt, and then Vale of Maya. And just a side note of this. If you right now are just starting a band and just starting to tour, that show, name the bands again. Animals as Leaders, Periphery, oh, name the lineup. Veil Periphery, of Maya. Dead First. Periphery, Dead First, Veil of Maya, Headlining. Yeah. Animals in the Middle, Circle of Contempt opening. I don't think no, they're no, a band no. anymore. Babe, you, got, you got the order all weird. Listen, it's <laughs> Periphery First. Yeah. Then Animals. Then Circle of Contempt. No. Then Veil of Maya. No, yeah. it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Circle of Contempt was playing after you guys? Yeah. yeah. That was Animal's second tour. Our, the first tour before that was with BT Bam, which we might have talked about what? with Blake. I don't know. Can't remember. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did after I revised the episode. Um, <laughs> my mind is fucking blown. Yeah. I cannot yeah. believe that. Yeah, and okay. I believe it was Peripheries. Like, I think they might have done... One other tour before that, and then BT Bam, or you guys had only done the BT Bam tour. Yeah, we did talk about that with Blake yeah. because it was the first time that I saw both of you guys play. Yeah, so then we did, uh, we did that. That's when I met you. Yeah, and this is history. I mean, my mind is blown. What I wanted to go into with that, if you're starting out a band right now and you're playing in front of no one, that tour we just talked about was at Vaudeville Muse. I had to sell fifty tickets for the show, and they were hard to get rid of. No offense. They were very hard to get yeah. rid of. And there were maybe 50 or 75 people at that show. Yeah. I mean, seventy. A, I'm going to say, I'm going to say maybe a hundred, hundred. Dude, Des Moines, Iowa in fucking February. Yeah. Dude, uh, like there's a, actually a picture from that show on my Facebook. If you scroll way back. Yeah. Cause you, there's like an ice, a picture of ice. Uh, there was icicles coming off the venue, okay. like these huge icicles. And I was like, Hey everybody. I, ju I just got Facebook. Yeah. So I was just kind of casually posting, you know, stupid stuff. And I was like, you know, every everybody at home, this is what it looks like in the rest of the fucking country. Dude. Even if like, there's a blizzard right now. I mean, coronavirus aside, even if there were a blizzard right now in Des Moines in the middle of February, that show would draw like 400 people. Now? Oh, psh, dude. Now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like people are fucking driving to go see Periphery and Animals yeah, play together. Yeah, that's like a and huge show. That's a huge show. That's like going to fucking, what's it called? Uh, the place we played with Whitechapel. A Valair ball. It's going to Valair. Yeah, yeah. Like It's going to the Wells Fargo huge. Arena. Yeah. It's drawing 17,000 I mean, people. Those bands are so big, but it's like I mind-blowing. Yeah, that's the tour that we met on, and my band opened it. I remember I had to hustle to sell those tickets because it was two days. The only way I got my band on that show. <clears throat> okay, Jordan Peterson, he's in Too Pure to Die, guitar player. 
uh the philosopher. Old, he he was uh, book, well, hit books what jordan peterson oh yeah philosopher <laughs> <laughs> also a hardcore guy i know you didn't know that about dr jordan peterson the guy, anyway, the promoter's name is Jordan the, Peterson. The promoter, Demoy, the person yeah. I had to sell tickets, through, uh, you know, that I dealt with to get my band on shows, Jordan Peterson. Um, I had to beg to be on the Animals as Leaders show because my band was playing a Despised Icon and Winds of Plague tour two days before that. And it's like, you know, it's a faux pas if you're in a local band to play the same place like twice, even in a month. Even in a couple months' time. We broke that rule all the time. We were playing playing the pound every fucking week, every other week. Yeah. Getting on every show. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, to get us on two shows. So in order to get on the animal show, I had to sell every... I had to sell out of Despised Icon tickets. So I did. I Because I heard animals like before a lot of people my cousin was before in it animals. was cool dude before it That's was cool i was listen- it's true before i before it was cool, actually i, was I think we have a clip of the first <laughs> that's the kfo remix <laughs> <laughs> uh. but anyways that's old. how we met i had Never to sell a old. shitload of tickets and talk my way onto that show but here we are 10 years later i'm glad you did that 11 years you know later. What I mean? glad you did that yeah, me but too. I mean, did you really? People wouldn't have be able to listen to this podcast. Change, you have a choice. See, that's the thing with free will, man. Not sure about that's, that. One. We're going back to what to <laughs> what we were talking about at the end of the episode with Malika. It's like there are a lot of things oh. you can trace. Well. You can look at your life in retrospect and and follow a lot of follow like a rope along the way of of pinpoints. Yeah, that seem like. You didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice. You can trace things back to each other. And uh, well, it's, it's like weird. From, if you think about it more broadly, like you don't really have a choice. Like what if you think about like what is a choice? Well, yeah, that's the whole debate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and I, and I sort of did. I didn't get it at first because I was like, well, what do you mean there's no free will? Um. If you don't believe in some sort of like God, right? Because that didn't make sense to me, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I think the no free will Sam Harris kind of vibe is you, you, it's not predestined. Yeah. It's just like you're just making these decisions because that's what you're going to do because of your nature. Right, right. Because you can draw it back to like the physiological reasons why yeah. you'd choose everything in your life along with, it's like a mixture. But it's more—it's that you're physiologically predetermined to make certain choices. I believe that. I believe that. And because of that, you'll you'll go a certain way, and it's not like your life has been p- planned from the future. Yeah. From ahead of time, as much as it's been planned uh, from the past. Yeah. yeah. So not planned from death, looking back in retrospect, right, right. planning from birth. Yeah, it's like whatever uh, because you. Because of who you are. Yeah. And who you are, well. How are we looking at that? We're looking at that based on your genes, your genealogy. Yeah, yeah. It's a strictly uh, <coughs> material way of looking at it, yeah. which I actually believe in, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, believe I mean, I think it's an interesting debate. I'm not going to like fall on either side of the fence because I think that things like free will, you know, it's like with any philosophical debate, never really a winner. Yeah, I mean, how never could there really be? A winner. There's no like person who knows 
the a- actual answer for yeah, sure. Right. And that can be like the frustrating thing and the driving thing in, in arguing philosophy. Yeah. And that's one reason why I get super burnt out on it. Because in arguing philosophy, it's like you can argue. It's like the, the snake eating its tail over and over again. You can just argue in a circle. Right. You know, and it never ends. Circular. But that's why it's so fun to de- if you're yeah. into debate to debate philosophical things because you can go on forever and yeah. and it tends to be who wins is the person with the stronger debate as opposed to what's actually right. Right. But it's also why it's fucking enraging to get <laughs> in one of those arguments for me because I think that it's more satisfying for me personally to like be in the type of debate that it's like. Um, almost like a math equation. Like we're going to figure out an answer at the end of this, like yeah, a riddle. Yeah. Right. Whereas it's like the free will thing. There's not going to be one at the end. Right. Which but, is like I mean, funny coming from someone who studied, who's going to school for philosophy. Right. But. Which is you. Which is way. me. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I do think that arguing philosophy is fun, but I think that it becomes enraging. But I also think that it's like, like I'm really in- interested in morality and like, so in morality, you can like move that over into law subjects, like what's right and what's wrong. And that, I think that that type of yeah. stuff is, you know, I like to argue that. Yeah. I mean, the, I the, like to argue. Right. So that, with that morality, might see, that might not be something that anyone knows about me. That you like to argue. I yeah. love to argue. That's true. But I, no, I love to debate. Yeah. I don't really, I don't like to argue at all. I like to, deb- I like a sport, sported fun debate. Yeah, I'm. I kind of can get down with that too. Yeah, you you like it for sure. I like to get in there and uh, <laughs> see what I can do. You do, <laughs> you do. But yeah, because with morality, it's like for me the debate is: is it inherent or is it something <clears throat> that is like kind of handed down? Yeah, That's like is it? It's nature. Like is it always nature or nurture? Yeah. Is it well? Is it always scientifically advantageous to do the moral thing? Right. That's kind uh, of yeah. the people who don't believe in God or anything like that. That's what they'll say. Right. <coughs> it's, right. Um, morality is a self-preservation. Yeah. Tactic. Or it arises out of the self-preservation. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I agree with that. So I'll prepare my argument for next week. For the next debate. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Well, so 2020 is over. That and it is. I think a lot of people like looked back at, tw- I saw a lot of people making their post about 2020, you know, on the internet. Cause that's like the club now, the internet, you don't, we can't go to the club. So we just get <laughs> on the internet and we like read what everyone's saying. Yeah. Do you have any more beer in there? No, let's go grab some beers. Or I'll go grab All right. some beers. Well, I really what am I? I'm just gonna keep them keep them happy here for a minute. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break while Cheney grabs beer. Uh, Cheney, will you just grab me a mind haze? That's that's right, dude. Um, so actually, something I I wanted to mention is you're seeing me with this fresh Entheos tea. Look at that thing. Speaking of psych uh, psychology, this is a pretty psycho tea right here. Oh yeah, philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Boo, I'm fired from my own show. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of psychology. Nice. I shouldn't have called you out. I shouldn't have called you out. 
We were talking about psychology, right? Yeah. No, ph- philosophy. 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 Okay. The other P. Well, I'm fired, but we've got these super sick t-shirts and sweat uh, sweatshirts. Hoodies. Hoodies. Um, uh, we have new hats, too. New Wait sweats. Is your boy wearing Inthia's sweat? We got pants? that Remember You Are Dust swag adocious. Swag delish. So, yeah, these are some, you know. Do you know uh, how many terminologies we use that are of Bill Oberender? Yeah, Bill Oberender. Swag Oberenders. delish. Okay. Uh, Naveen was just showing the merch. So, you guys, we're going to anyway, put the yeah. link at the top of our description. We were on tour. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, wrap, let's do like a little <laughs> kind of be pro here. So, we got shirts, <laughs> sweats, sweat suits that are super comfortable. I've been wearing nothing but Entheos, uh sweat suit this whole week like the hoodies are super except when you throw on your veil of noth shirt yeah i've been wearing the veil of noth shirt too as well because we got a veil of noth care package care pack thanks fans also we got the super sick copper crab (laughs) mugs yeah we're about to get a new beer jantalizers as well we're gonna get some beer so we're gonna throw them up we're also we're honestly working on the sickest fucking merch spread for Copper Crab Podcast. And I think oh, I'm trying. Oh, she's announcing it early, dude. Well, Damn. I'm just saying y'all need to be excited. I'm not going to say what it is, but you guys are going to wa- yeah. want to wear these shirts. Yeah. We've got some good it is a, stuff. It, it is amazing. Yeah, and yeah, uh, we're going to be dropping those soon. The gear. Probably episode 50. Yeah, we're thinking episode 50 to do something kind of fun. Yeah, Maybe, we're trying I was to have an extra- extravaganza. We should probably like um, plan something. That's something that we don't often do. Now you're giving it away that we don't have it planned. Fuck. Well, maybe we could plan all of like, our secrets. We we're do, we're we could... really bad at holding in secrets. So it's a miracle that you guys don't know everything about the album right now. They know kind of a lot. <laughs> the Entheos album. <laughs> We've probably said it all in past podcasts. Probably. Damn. And I don't remember what I say on podcasts. Not because I'm drunk or anything. I just No, don't. it's because there's this weird thing that happens when you do a podcast where it's like, because it's so much talking at once, it's hard to remember what you say. Therefore, there are parts of our podcast that I only remember when I'm like, if I'm looking for a clip or if someone says something in a comment, like I, it's really hard to remember a lot of the stuff that you say on a podcast. And um, sometimes that's worrisome because sometimes you're like, oh God, did I say something like really dumb but you know at the end of the day it it's something funny that i've learned about just talking to people through doing a podcast i uh, you know because sometimes you'll have like a conversation if you're like i am sometimes you'll have a conversation with someone and the next morning you're like oh my god did i say anything stupid in that conversation but when you go back and listen to yourself talking on a podcast you rarely say anything in like a as dumb as a fashion as what you thought it was in, (laughs) you know, I I don't know. I'm always pleasantly surprised. I don't know. I don't really (coughs) listen to full episodes. I'm I'm worried. I'm like, I don't know. I'm about to say something real dumb. So I just won't listen. And then that's, you know what though, when you're worried about something, uh, it's almost like it almost helps more to face it. Yeah, that's true. Someone actually said in a comment something funny that I said on the episode with Blake 
that I said uh, we were talking about like getting like you know kind of eating too much and stuff. Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, I got a sweet tooth." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't really have a sweet tooth, but I've got a pizza tooth, I guess." <laughs> so we were thinking that's kind of funny. Pizza tooth? I don't know. <laughs> oh that God. could be a shirt. <laughs> what do you guys think? Funny on a scale I, I, of funny? How funny is it? Well, I would say that for me, my um, you know, when you're when you're talking about like full indulgence, like going off, you know, no restrictions. That's pizza. That's what I call pizza, pizza. tooth. Dude, pizza is the shit. Actually, I got at the, the super of the day, sick though, pizza sticker on my computer that I'm sure everybody's noticed yeah, before. Look at that. That's it's, so sick. It's like a death logo, but it says pizza. That's fucking <laughs> Thanks for laying it all out ever. for us. And it's also sizzle pie. So yeah. that's probably what they wanted when they made a sticker like that is for you to say their name. That's true. <laughs> but they don't pay me, so fuck them. Fuck all y'all. Actually, Do they give us a free them. slice, though? Like, yeah. I think they might give us like a free slice when we play across the street. I think I paid full price for Damn. a slice up in there. Did I you wave know. your tour limit? They just can't recognize you. Actually, we went because we went. We played like right above there. Oh, yeah, then we played, I have no idea where Sizzle Pie we is. We played then. literally above there. What's Sizzle Pie? It's we, in Portland, right? Yeah, we played. Um, is Sizzle when, Pie like the plague? corner spot? No, think about it. Look, Winds of Plague. Yeah. We played in this upstairs spot. In yeah. Portland, it's like a different place every single time for some yeah, reason. Yeah, totally. But there's like a billion venues there, but we yeah. played right above Sizzle Pie, I think. Huh. Or Yeah, I think it was. Could have been. And I was like that. I was thinking that, sorry to interrupt you, but I was thinking Sizzle Pie was the place. Do you remember when we played that place with Rivers? Dante's, I think it was called. <clears throat> Across the street, there was like a pizza spot and you could only get pizza from the window. You mean the place in Denver? The place that was... No, I'm talking about Portland. Because that place Portland. was a pizza place. No, you're talking about Marquee Theater. Yeah. I'm talking about same. literally in Portland. Okay, we played there with... Who? It's Dante's. We Or no, not no, Dante's. We I know exactly. With Wait, I, know, I, I know what you're talking about. I'm talking about there's a place we played with Rivers. Right next door is Voodoo. And then across the street is freaking the pizza spot. And that night we smoked the best weed because Portland has the most bombest weed. Shout out to Portland because Denver and L.A. or California and Colorado always get like the most credit for having the best weed in this country. It's in Oregon. Okay. The best it's weed in have. Oregon. Wow. Catch me in Oregon. If if you say Cheney, where are you going to live to smoke the yeah, best like weed? Oregon. To smoke out your life, it's in Oregon. Well, we talked about maybe landing over in Eugene, dude. I would love to move to Eugene. I like me some Eugene. Yeah. When we did our trip, like a long time ago, at this point, <laughs> that we still talk we're about. Still talking. God, we went up to Portland for. <laughs> a yeah, week. I listened to this podcast. It's called <laughs> Copper Crab Podcast. The people on it are kind of pathetic. They talk about the one trip they went on. Yeah. Ever. We're trying to do more trips just so we have something cool to talk about. <laughs> It's like, well, dude, we need a trip so we have something to talk about. True that. That's the thing about being off tour for so long is that I don't think we've Mm -hmm. gone this long without really traveling. Because we will talk shit and say that touring isn't really traveling, but there are glimpses of traveling on tour. You know, there are places where you like just stay. Yeah, and for you know, and you're like I mean, you're okay, just I'm doing gonna... all kinds of weird stuff every day. So yeah, for sure. 
I, I man, I feel like I've I feel like I'm so different since the last time I went on tour. You know what I mean? Totally. We started this podcast after our lot la- uh, after our last tour. That's right. Which is really scary to think about. I know. It's also scary to think about that the podcast is like a year old. Yeah, we're almost at 50 episodes. It should be 60, technically. Granted, we quit for... Well, we didn't quit. We took a hiatus for a little we while. Took a hiatus, yeah. You know, let's just forget about that. Well, I needed some time. I needed some on. space. You know, I was kind of doing my own I did thing. Too. I was like kind of seeking out <laughs> a little bit, like a higher thing, you know, for a little while. Kind of did a little... Yeah, I think I feel like there was a lot of like introspection and reflection from us. Yeah, during that time, I honestly was taking a break from everything. I wasn't really playing much music, or I I feel like I didn't really have much to talk about. You know what I mean? Well, I just kind of felt like coronavirus or the whole pandemic thing, not going on tour, everyone turning to the internet. That was a little overwhelming for me at first um, when it was new. I agree. Now I think we're living kind of in a. A, a changed world in a way like where New we're normal. a little more used to it yeah and i also think you and i were kind of like all right well here's what we're gonna do yeah let's go do it right and not really worry about it which actually is like a theme because with the band i think that both of us like on a certain level both start both feel like we're starting out new yeah i agree and I that agree. we needed the time i did and with the podcast, I think that it was the same thing. And really over the summer, the summer of not working on the podcast or the band really helped us both like uh, find out or come to understand what we wanted out of these things I and how agree. we wanted them to go, yep. what we wanted to do with them and like how, what was the best way to go about it. And so, I think that there's like this rejuvenated energy for us in both the podcast and the band where before I think that there was like some kind of negative energy surrounding both things. Yeah, some sort of like kind of doubt. You and know I mean? think that shit gets to you, man. Yeah. When you're feeling a sort of doubt against things you're doing, it it's like one feeling of doubt just multiplies. And it becomes all these feelings of doubt until eventually you're so overwhelmed that you need to quit for a while and like realign with yourself and with your understanding of what you want to achieve in this life. I agree. And I think a way to eliminate that doubt is to know for sure that you're putting out the best that you have to give. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I feel like for me personally, I've always been kind of, I've done a lot of work in music, obviously. I've done a lot with my life, and I've, I just feel like for the last few years, there was always a part of me that was kind of like in reserve. You know what I mean? I'm not really putting everything out there. It's almost like you've always been reluctant to do that. Yeah, and for one reason or another, I honestly can't say why, but now I'm wondering, you know, what does it look like if I'm all the way in, you know? Yeah. Like totally doing my thing. You know, if I'm make if I'm taking a picture, I'm taking the best picture I can possibly take. If I'm making a video, I'm making the best video I can possibly make. If I'm making a riff, it's the sickest fucking riff I can possibly make. You know, if I'm gonna practice, I'm gonna I'm gonna like, you know, play as fast as I can or like the just that's an example, but you know what I mean? Like go all the way. Yeah, and go it's like, all in. 
then when you do that, you're like, well, you know what? I'm doing the totally most thing I can do. I'm giving it 100%. I got nothing more to give. I think that, for me, is one of the most important things. Um, You know, now that I'm in my 30s, I do think more about the fact that I'm going to die someday. That this is not forever. And I think about, like, you know, what is it that I think that on my deathbed I would be looking back and regretting. That's true. And really the one thing that I would regret, well, there are two things I would regret. Three, not living... Four! Not living in the moment in my life. Yeah. Um. Okay, not living in the moment. Three, fuck, okay. <laughs> no, I'm giving myself <laughs> too many. I wouldn't have too many regrets. So not living in the moment, Yep. not doing the things that I wanted to do, there you go. Being a vocalist is one. Being a writer is another. And not giving everything my all. I don't want to like, I don't want to look back on this whole thing and think, oh man, I had a band. I was a vocalist in a sick band. There were all of these, this cool shit. And I just didn't really, didn't. Get, it was didn't, all yeah. there, but I just didn't give it my yeah. all. I wasn't totally into it. Or, oh man, I like did this. You know, I was really into wood burning in my 30s and I just, I could, uh, my stuff was really cool, but I just didn't give it my all. Yeah. Or I've, I always loved writing ever since I was a little girl, but when it really came down to it, I just didn't yeah. go there. And I think. I don't want to, I do not want to look back and say those things. Exactly. And I think that's honestly where my frustration would come from. Like, and I didn't really know it though. You know, yeah. it just would just bug me totally and then i realized it's like i know why i'm bothered it's because i'm not doing all that i can because now i can say you know i can go to bed tonight and i can look back on the last week and say like dude i like i did all i could yeah so if that's not good enough then i don't know there's i got nothing else to offer yeah you know and i think that honestly when you think about it honestly that's what makes the difference you know because you can you can feel like, for me, I think that's the frustrating part. It's just mm-hmm. knowing, like, it's kind of weird because it's like it's unspoken. It's but it's it's there. Yeah. Like okay, I could probably do better, but I'm just like not doing it, Dude, and totally. that's frustrating with yourself. Totally. I'm gonna be completely honest. There was a time last year we had just quit the podcast, and with the band, I think we were a little like, it was a little up in the air. Travis had just left the band. You know, everything was a little up in the air, and I was like crying hysterically like what it wasn't even it was just because I was I was really sad I was really like confused about what I actually wanted out of life like where I should go what my path was and I think that 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 was just a real turning point in my life because I realized from that that from that day forward like the only thing that made me feel better was working on the things that I love working on music. I started working on a new project, you know, uh, working on wood, writing, just like being productive. And I learned about myself in 2020 that the only thing that made me happy and that made me feel not happy because I think that, I think that it only contributes to my happiness and that I was letting my mind drive myself into like a a fucked up place, dark place. But really, like, something that I need to just up my mood in this life is to create. 
Yeah. The only time I feel like super good is when I've, when I'm working on, when I'm just totally consumed by the things that I love and working That's on the things that I love. I when I'm like to. working on a song, writing, working on wood, working on art, doing something creative, productive, that, that really is what is my fuel. Yeah. And you know, 2020, I think it was like fucked up in a lot of ways on a political, social basis. But what it was really good for is being able to be introspective yeah, and to really come to terms with who we are as people. And for me, that's what I did last year. Like, I, I feel like I understand myself now more than ever. You know, I started microdosing toward the end of the year, um, which I do think helped. Advil? Microdosing Advil? Microdosing sure. Advil. Kind of Microdosing psilocybin, Whoa. mushrooms. It's legal in Santa Cruz. Uh, so <laughs> disclaimer: I started doing that. You know, I was doing it once a week for a while, and then I found myself being able to do it. Or I was doing it like every day for maybe a three-week period. Yeah, and but then you're I not supposed to be philosophical. You're supposed to just take it till you. If you t like, because Sean was saying, if you no, take it no, to, and exactly. you're feeling philosophical, you've taken too much. Exactly, and I never felt philosophical, but I'm saying that I, it was a mood improvement. So it helped me like turn things upside down, but also get my mind right. Yeah. Because I was taking it uh, every day for about three weeks. And then I started taking it every other day for a couple of weeks and then it became once a week. And then now I do it maybe once every three, three weeks. I'll microdose. And I found that I was able to sustain like a little more. But these are the things that I learned about myself last, last year. I learned how to like flip my 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 mood around on that basis and just um understanding like what made me happy yeah which was if i'm not creating then i think it's easier for me to fall into a dark place yep. it's easier for me to control my mind if i'm feeling productive and if i'm doing things that are pick-me-ups and for me it's creating yeah and i think like that's really it comes down to just doing work that you like doing, right? And we're calling yeah. it creating, but really what it is, is you're absorbed in some type of work. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about. You know, and Same. I'm trying to actually spread that message. If you, if you could, you know, to be corny for a second, it's like, it's not about you know, like everything I do, I do because I want to, continue to do the type of work that I like doing. Yeah. And that's literally it. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I don't care about being famous or making a lot of money or whatever, but I want to have enough so that I can do the work that I like doing every day. That's it. Yeah. That's really it. And I'm, and that, that way I feel complete. I don't feel like something is missing. Yeah. I mean like this week, all I did was work on music pretty much all week. I feel amazing. Right. Yeah. Each day when I went to bed, I'm just, I can't wait to wake up so I can go back to it. Yeah. Right. And that's totally. all I want to do. I don't, I'm not conflicted. I'm not thinking about this, that, and the other thing. I'm just focused in on what I love doing. Yeah. Which makes me think that, you know, overall, I wonder if a lot of people would be more happy or happier if instead of forcing ourselves into like having to work at jobs for money because we have all of these material possessions uh, and things we need to support, a car payment, a house payment. 
I don't know when you weigh that out against like actual happiness, which I do think that there is, there is a part of humans that like to work. I like no, you to work. You have to work. Like, I like working. I enjoy it. And well, it's like what we were saying about the cat today, right? Yeah. We were saying, oh, cats love routine. They love but it. But humans are the same way. They yeah. like having their routine and that's what's a routine. It's what the work is that you do day to day. And yeah, but I'm saying just on like an employment basis, I yeah, like being employed right. like a small percentage of the time. I don't like it taking up all my time. I don't like feeling like I have to, like that's the only thing that's going to work for me. Yeah, it's the Because worst I feeling. think that there are a lot of people who stop themselves with that thought. It's not that they couldn't do something. It's that they're reluctant to do something. And there's that, that hint of anxiety that's pre- Dude, preventing feel, them I've, from doing but something. I feel that so hard. You so know? do I. Because it's like I have, on one hand, I do have a totally chill, like, good thing going with, you know, my blind and shade insulation thing. Mm-hmm. But if I let that go too far, I become angry. Totally. Because I'm not Me- doing that thing that I love to do. Me right? too. I don't mind doing that. Yeah. But... I think it's important to keep your, uh, you know, the thing that the way that you're generating money, if it's not through music and art, I think it's important to keep it at like the level of, let me just do it so it can cover, you know, have it be something that supports you is what I'm saying. Yeah. Rather than let it take over and now, oh, I don't have time to do that thing that I love. Yeah. Just use it to your advantage. Say, okay, I'm going to do it just as much as I need to so that I can do this other thing that I like doing. Right. And I don't yeah. have to live as a starving artist or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, something I've learned that's really important to do. And it's hard to do that. Like I get it's re- it. Because it is really hard. As you work and as you get older, you know, like. <clears throat> well, there I've are people doing... who have kids. We don't have kids. We're yeah. coming from yeah, a fairly shot. unique place. Everyone yeah. I went to high school with has kids at this point, True. you know. I'm 32, you're 35. We don't have kids. We, so I understand that we're coming from like a really, you know, a different perspective than a lot of people. And that for a lot of people, they have to factor in like, well, I have a child to take care of on top of, you know, paying for myself, my significant other and, and those things. So we're coming from a unique perspective, but even with a kid, you know, I think that it would, it's definitely possible. I've, there, fr- I have friends who they do all of the things we're talking about and they still make time for creativity. They've yep. learned to, it's something that you do as an artist. You have to do. We're like forced into it. You, over your life, find ways to fit it in. Yep. And those can be like the make or break thing yep. in life. And it doesn't take a whole lot. You know, I mean, if you could spend even an hour a day or a half hour a day, like any, uh, like I, I'm saying, goes back to what I was saying before. If you're doing all that you can, yeah, then it's good. If you if you feel like there's something that you're holding back on, or you're maybe you're prioritizing watching Netflix over making some videos or riffs or whatever, that's when I think the frustration sets in. Yeah. Something that I think can be really inspiring is like last week when we were talking to Blake, it's like you hear people who BT BT BAM to me is a huge band Uh, to everyone listening. They're a huge band. They still have, they do stuff for money out. They have work outside of BT BAM. It's like, and I think it's cool and inspiring to hear about that stuff because 
I know that when I was a kid, when I was looking at my favorite bands, even if when I saw them, they were playing in front of 15 people, I did not think they had jobs outside of being in a band. So it can be inspiring hearing about that because I know that, you know, there can be this like all or nothing thing you get into. Yeah. Where it's like, well, I have a job. I can't do that. These people don't have jobs. So they like, but everyone's just out here trying to make ends meet. It's, it's kind of how you direct your time. Exactly. And what you do with it. And that's why I was saying, I was saying like all not me, not at work time at my, you know, day job or whatever. When I'm not there, it's going straight into music period. That's it. Yeah. Like all available time. You know, I guess. It's been fruitful. It's been good, man. Yeah. Last few weeks. And I've been doing a lot like upgrading all the stuff I put on my Instagram, all the, all the shit that I'm putting out there. It's like, I want it to be the, the best that I can do. Yeah. You know? Totally. And it's, and, and every facet and it's so fun. I feel like rejuvenated you know like a kid almost again just excited absolutely so cheers to all of you guys in the new year <clears throat> uh totally uh we're probably gonna cut this episode pretty short but before we go i wanted to talk about not all of my favorite albums because honestly last year was such a weird year i don't feel like i listened to every thing that came out last year i don't really want to yeah. make like a proper top 10 or anything but i wanted to talk about a couple of records that mean a lot to me and naveen wants to talk about a lot of records a few records that mean a lot to him. That came uh, out in 2020. That came out in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, so well, I'm just going to go down my list really quick. At the end of the year, it's always weird for me because I'm like, all right, well, I got to go back and see what I was listening to and see when it came out. Yeah. Because I don't always know what year it came out. I know. Right, so a lot of the shit I was listening to last year, it didn't come out in 2020. My number, the, the top thing, and I wrote it on this list that I listened to last year more than anything on vinyl and on Spotify was Marissa Nadler for My Crimes. And that came out in 2019. Joni Mitchell was a close second. When did that come out? 2020? I mean, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I want to shout out the Black Crown Initiate record, Violent Portraits of Doomed Escape. That's a sick record for prog metal people. We got a little clip here. There's a clip. Everyone knows that I'm a sucker for Emma Ruth Rundle. So the thou and Emma Ruth Rundle, May Our Chambers Be Full is one of my favorites, which I just got on vinyl and haven't had a chance to listen to yet. It only took a month for the company to send me the record. Um, Damn, shout out to the... I'm just kidding. Miss Piss, Self-Surgery, that's Chelsea Wolfe's side proje project with her uh, live drummer, Jess Gowry. Uh, Greg Puchato, Child Soldier, Creator of God. Nice. Sick That's, record. Uh, homie from Vocalist Dillinger. of Dillinger Escape Plan. Is it uh, X Dillinger? No. I don't know. <laughs> never say never. Cytotoxin, Nuclearth. That's a sick. It reminded Super me. Super sick. It reminded me a lot of like old Bur Beneath the Massacre. Yeah. In but parts. Like that band, super sick death metal, like really fast. Really fast. Really fast. Super brutal and Tech good death. Tech death. It's just like what you want to hear. It's just like good old tech you know, death. I put it on when I the the couple times I worked out. Yeah, I think the vocals <laughs> are reminding you of be, beneath the massacre. Yeah, it's a the bit. vocals yeah. for sure that are beneath the massacre yeah, to me. But really, really good. Then of course that's a the, the band that are goats that are uh, that I'm always gonna love everything they put out. Mark my words, Black Dahlia Murder, Verminous. I just watched their holiday show. So good. Those guys are just so funny. 
Yeah, great guys. They just like, you know, it's just like they thought of all the details that were good and they put it <laughs> in their, it's uh, the live uh, on computer thing. I don't know how I feel about it. I think that some of it is cool. Some of it is like played. Some of it's way overproduced and I'm like, why the fuck? But Black Dahlia did it right. It was like a, it was like watching an old special holiday special on like, abc or something it was a you know a night with the black dahlia and then on nice. top of that Aunt may mephitic just sick ass metal super solid if you're DM. into like if you're yeah it's dm if you're on t if you're into like i would say like suffocation if you're into surreption Aunt may is super groovy yeah that's what's so good about them is the groove and the song structure they kind of have like the heart and spirit of old school death De metal decapitated yeah but Decap they're more modern sounding that's yeah. exactly and our boy zach o'rin uh engineered that record so yeah. and i recorded their first two albums so yeah naveen kind of recorded their first two albums yeah. well they were called something else at the time but well the roman holiday and then you did the first yeah. Aunt me yeah but that man rules Love that's not that the man. only reason we like them though they're Love just like guys. we're super sick Great and guys. we saw them live on the oh tour God, we opened for wizards of <laughs> Wizards Wi of Nile. Wi Wizards of Waverly Place. No, Rivers of Nile. Kansas City. Aunt May came on and made us all look silly. Yeah, they really killed they it. They made us all look silly. <laughs> They're just one of those bands, though, dude. I just want to have a fucking beer yeah. and just bang my head and watch Aunt May. Because they all live in the same town. Yeah. And they're, like, they, so you they can, can tell jam. they like, they jam, like, we have band practice twice a week. Yeah. So they're so tight, dude. If any of y'all are still out there rocking band practice twice a week, then shout out to yeah, you. Yeah. Shout out for that. That for has been real. something that Naveen and I have dreamed of is having our band in the same place. And even in looking for live players, we're like, you live in California, bro. You might be. Be sick. Wink, wink. You might be prioritized relocate <laughs> we could have motherfuckers live here we got a three-bedroom house well, we might move somebody here watch out we might move someone from england here oh watch out shit all right but anyway those were the records that when i sat down this morning and thought of records that i liked this year those were the quick top ones that came to mind yeah i, I honestly i was going through oh I, sorry i want to shout out smashing pumpkins seer as well sumerian right on Sumerian, yeah, whoever could have That's thought <coughs> worlds colliding that man. blew my fucking mind. I was like, how many steps removed am I from Billy Corgan now? Like one step, one step. Yeah, it's insane. Like on multiple, I'm like several one steps from Billy Corgan. I know it just blew my mind when it I was blew like, my mind. Su Sumerian, like what? Like what? That was crazy. Right. Uh, but yeah, I went through my Spotify and like I said, I'm kind of, I don't, I'm a weirdo basically, but. I was seeing, okay, which of these albums that I've listened to are in 2020? I found three of them. What? I found three. Okay, cool. So, Jacob Collier. Yeah, that motherfucker with Jesse a good voice. Jesse Three, but I honestly just like this one single, All I Need, mm -hmm. right? I did a drum cover to it. A little promotion there for yeah. myself. Uh, and then you got Wormhole, The Weakest yeah, Among you love Us. Shout out to... Sin to Noni and Sanjay, because y'all, yeah. you motherfuckers. Yeah, w Wormhole, it. super sick. We were supposed to go on tour with them this year. I know, that would have been rad. Rest in peace to tours. That's right. Uh, that was actually, I listened to that a bunch. That's a really sick album. Um, and then one of my favorite 
drum and bass producers uh billin put out a little short ep code name ep that's what it's called so if you want to check out some super sick drum and bass, we'll probably, definitely check out. We'll that probably guy. go and make a playlist like we did last year because we're be we're going to be in the studio all week this week, which means Naveen is recording drums and I'm on like probably video and photo editing and laptop duties. Ask me anything. Aside from my y'all probably do an ask me anything. You know, it's getting weird <laughs> in the <laughs> studio. I fucking love those those Instagram ask me anything. So I don't know why, but I like to be asked questions. Maybe post a picture of like the studio and be like, hey, I'm in the studio. Hey, hey, y'all. In, I'm in the studio. Or you could take out. You should take over my Instagram. Oh, yeah. A takeover. Hey, like you post a picture. Hey, hey guys. Cheney Cheney here, here. Taking over Naveen's, Naveen's Instagram. Instagram. Collaboration. Oh, it's a co a co. What do you think? That might be cool. I think we should do it. Hey, everyone. Chaney here. Naveen's set. Naveen's Instagram. Naveen's over here playing and drums. And surprise, I'm playing drums on the album, too. No. Instead of Naveen. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I posted today some really sweet pics of the drum setup that I'll be using. <laughs> this is my favorite okay. and, podcast uh, guy thing you do. I reference You do what? the... No, it's not even a podcast guy thing. I think it's your impersonation of Donald Trump <laughs> mixing together with your actual personality. I know. I did too like, much impersonation. Drum solo. And he does, he does this a, like It's going to be a drum solo. Yeah. Well, that's not good. I, I mean, can't do impersonations, you guys. I set myself up to fail because I say that every time I do one and I'm like, I suck at these. And then I'm like, yeah, I suck. The hand okay. gestures. It's gonna be a drum solo. You do like the most hand, the most trumpy. Yeah, you're like. It's don't do that. It's gonna be bad. Solo. Everyone's gonna hate me. <laughs> it's just because you do a good impersonation of him. Which do it. I'm not gonna do it. Do it. No, it's low do hanging it. fruit. Do the Joe impersonation. Do it. I'm not gonna do, do it. it. Maybe one day I'll do it. Do it. I won't do it. Do on it. Command. No. You did it last time. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's a bit. That's All right, you guys. All right, you guys. We'll Have you a guys good week. It was week. good hanging with y'all. Thanks for chiming in, dude. Love you.